Here at Doxaday Bloom, we are excited about making disciples who impact the city and nations. We hope that you enjoy today's message. Well, good morning, Doxaday Central. Can I just check, does anybody feel confused about what just happened on stage? If you're an old person like me and you feel like that and you know you can help out, please make sure that you connect with Nalene and just tell her what to do. Okay, it will help a lot. No, but on a little bit more of a serious note from my side, I really want to encourage us. Guys, especially in the morning, I see a lot of young guys serving in our environment and I, and I, and I want to see some of the older guys coming to share some wisdom in this environment. Yesterday, I was so blessed at GLS as we asked the oldest leader in the room that's still there to come and learn. And it was an 86-year-old lady that was at GLS, still seeing herself in a space to be ready to learn and grow in leadership. So we have so much to give as the generation sitting here in front of me. Now, with that being said, we're in week number three of our series called Five Ways to Rule. And in week one, we looked at the fact that when we want to rule in life, we submit unto God's rule. That's the first one. Secondly, week two, we looked at the fact that if you want to live under God's rule, you live in His rest. And all of this is based on the one scripture, this whole series long, Genesis chapter one, where it says, God made us in His image and in His likeness to, and everybody says, rule. And Donnie said it so beautifully last week when he talked about rest. And this week, we're going to dive into the third principle when it comes to ruling in life. And I think the thing that sums it up best is this African proverb. So seeing that we're in South Africa, we need to dive into the African proverbs. And it says the following, if you want to go fast, you go alone. But if you want to go far in life, you go together. And I believe this proverb actually touches on something crucial that I want to dive into today, actually. And that's principle number three. If you want to rule in life, if you want to see God's order in your life, and you rule in life, and life does not rule over you, you have to live connected to other people. That's how God made us. That's principle number three. So if you want to get ruling in life, if you don't want life to have its way with you, but you start having your way with life and telling it where it's going to be going, one principle that's key, and we'll discover how big this actually is, is the fact that you need to do life together. And I want to unpack that truth by looking at, and you'll never guess it this morning, two points. Yes, guys, I was GLS, didn't have enough time to prep, so it's going to be... Two points this morning, okay? She's like, oh man, I'm not getting my money back this morning. <laughs> okay, so point number one is we're going to look at the problem of isolation. And point number two is we're going to look at the importance of connection. And then I'm going to conclude by giving you guys an opportunity to actually take a step towards this space and start ruling in life. So point number one, the problem of isolation. Have you ever noted that we live in a self-obsessed society. I mean, everybody is focused on self. It's all about me, my needs, my wants, whatever I dream about. I mean, my profile pictures, my, my social media status, everything in my life revolves around me. And I know, obviously, I'm speaking to all the guys out there, because in here, you guys, like, I'm giving to people. I love my neighbor. I am not me. Selfish. Never, Pastor. Never. Lorraine. Selfish act. Okay. 
two questions. One, when you take a photo of the family and you see the photo, <clears throat> who's the first person that you look at in the family photo? Is it maybe, may, just maybe, is it maybe yourself? <laughs> just wondering. In fact, second question. Do you judge the quality of the photo based on how, well, you look in that photo? Are we obsessed <laughs> with self? Am I correct when I'm saying that? It's like a whole world is built around self. My needs and my environment, that's the first person that I'm looking to 24-7. And this self-centered culture is actually drafted busy drifting us towards a place of what the psychologists nowadays call toxic individualism. We're becoming toxically individualized. Everybody is focused on the individual's success, the individual's desire. It's all about me. In fact, yesterday actually, and I was lucky enough to prep for GLS, so I had this story long back already, but yesterday at the GLS, who, who was at the GLS? Can I just quickly see? Anybody here in the room? Okay, so we had a few. Okay, you guys can enjoy the story now. The other guys sit back, chill it out. But there was this beautiful story of, um, by Johnny C. Taylor that shared about a lady called Sheila. She's 50 years of age. True story. And it was written up in the UK newspapers. And um, Sheila's story goes as this. She passed away in August of 2019. Tragic moment. For many of us, we will all be there one day in our lives. However, that's not the tragedy of her story. The tragedy of her story is the fact that her body was only discovered in February of 2022. And she passed away in her own apartment. And for, you got it right, two and a half years, no one even noted now, I want you to get this. This is, hence the stacking up of posts, everybody walking past it the whole time, every day as they come into the apartment, and apartment block. The smell of decomposing body coming out of that room. Even after a neighbor reported maggots and flies coming out from her apartment to the landlord, the guy just replied and said, listen, our policy does not look after that regarding pest control. It's her problem. And for two and a half years, this lady just disappeared without going anywhere, with just being in her apartment. And for two and a half years, nobody even bothered to knock and open up the door and see what's going on. This is the picture of toxic individualism. Everybody wants to be their own person and live and do their own thing. It's going to be me, Lone Ranger. You know, Lucky Luke, driving off into the sunset. I'm a, I'm a Lone Ranger, making it happen. This reminds me of a quote from John Locke. He says the following. He's the guy that works in the Department of Human Communication and Sciences in England. And he says the following. He says, we have become solo sapiens. We suffer from atomization where we tend to drift away from each other rather than remaining connected. Can you see that the over-focus on self makes you disappear? Your significance and your value is worthless. 
It's terrible to see what is happening. And the problem is clear. Isolation is not good. And I found it so interesting in that in this story, isolation led to death, but not just physical death for Sheila. It led to death within her existence just in society. She was dead long before she was actually dead in that moment. So why is connection so important? Well, I'm thinking about Genesis when I'm talking about this. I mean, God creates the whole world and he says every time everything is good. You've heard this so many times from me. And this is such a good piece of scripture to go and stand still at. And then he says two things not good. And this is why it's so important. The first thing that's not good in his creation is for us to decide what is good and not good in our own eyes. That's when you try and rule over the world from your own perspective and you decide how things should be working and should not be working. We've tackled that in week number one. That's a foundational truth. Actually, Brent shared the word this morning regarding this and it's connecting to that reality, that truth that if you are not going to allow God to rule over you, you will not be able to rule over his creation because you're too busy ruling over yourself. So you can't change the world around you. Now, today, the importance of the rule principle that we're touching on is just as foundational as the one that we touched on in week number one. And it's because it's pointed out here in Genesis chapter two. The second thing God says, not good for man, it's not good to be alone. And here is where all the single guy says, amen. Can't wait to get married one day. Exciting stuff. But guys, let me tell you, it goes far deeper than just romantic relationships. This not good is foundational to human existence. If you are not connected, you won't be able to exist. In fact, there is a study that has been done. I don't know if you guys have ever heard about it, and I don't know why all these studies always has Russian connected to it. But in any case, so probably it's an American propaganda study or whatever, but it says that there was a group, there was a study done, social science study on, on, on Russian babies, where they literally avoided giving the babies physical touch and speaking to these babies. Gave them everything else they needed. So they got food, they got a safe, warm space to stay and live in. Every single other need that they needed to survive was given to them except connecting with another person. And not one of the babies survived. That's it. Not one of the babies survived. That's probably the reason why they call it Russian, a Russian study. But in that story, guys, it's... Now, how true that study is, I'm not sure of, but I can tell you the truth of this. I can tell you the truth of this reality. It's without human connection, you're not going to make it. It's a foundational truth to humanity's existence. This is how God created us to live. And what I would like to do for the rest of our time together is I quickly like to look at the two reasons why this is so important for you and me to live. And I, the Hebrew writer double clicks on why it is important to live connected to the world and the people around you. It's in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. I quickly want to read it, and then we're going to unpack it quickly. So verse 24, it says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as the day is approaching. Okay, so the Hebrew writer is touching on two reasons why it's of the utmost importance to live 
connected to the people next to you. Okay, he makes it very clear. And you're going to think this is going to blow your mind. It's big. Reason number one why you need to live connected is because you need others. How does that sound? Reason number one, you need other people. Okay, I know it sounds so simple, Lorraine, why are you telling me this stupid stuff? Listen to me. So many people I'm sitting with on a daily base in that office, and they don't get this. They don't get it. I have the privilege as a pastor, one of my wonderful privileges in life, is to speak to many people coming to me with their challenges in life. And I cannot tell you how many conversations has picked up in two specific areas. Toxic anxiety and loneliness is huge. I have so many people coming to me and saying to me, I cannot stop worrying. I'm struggling. I'm, I'm kept up at night about the stuff that I'm struggling with. And then I have lots of people telling me, Lorraine, my journey with God is just going backwards, just going backwards. But I'm the first person they're seeing in like in six months that they're connecting to about their journey with God. And both these groups of people that I'm journeying with, I find two things in common. The first one is every single one of them runs after isolation. They live isolated. So I've, I'm afraid. I'm worried. I feel stupid about what I worry about. So I just keep it to myself. I don't share it with anyone. It's just me, myself, and I. And in that great worry, it's almost as if the worry comes and sits on you and you cannot do anything about it. The same thing for my journey with God. I feel spiritually alone, but I'm not connecting to brothers and sisters and walking a road with them. I'm not growing in my relationship with God, but I'm not connected to any spiritual family. You know what's so interesting? So that's the first thing. They all embrace isolation. Actually, they chase after it. The second thing that I find is with every single one of them, it's like, it's unbelievable to see this. Every single one of them came alive after one meaningful, loving connection with another person. Just one conversation. Just mo one moment where you are vulnerable enough to open up and to share where you are at that moment. And it's as if that person changes around like this. Boom. Immediately. Guys, can I say this again? Reason number one, and you need to hear it today, you need other people in your life. You cannot do this alone. It's just impossible. You cannot do it alone. This week I had the privilege of um, a long journey that I've walked with a man in, in this family, in this church. And really a long, a long journey. I'm talking about long. It's like before we even became central, we started this journey already. And I've seen the fruit of that journey this week. It was so amazing. But for so long, this person has been holding back. And for the first time, there was enough courage to open up. And I just saw freedom. It was amazing. Maybe you've experienced it before. Maybe you're sitting here today and you know. I'm speaking to you now. And you're hearing, Lorraine, I know I've heard this, but I'm not doing it. I so hope that someone would reach out, but I'm too afraid. 
I'm not sure. I long for more people. I long for connection. Even introverts. Come on, guys. You know it. <laughs> Let me tell you, my wife's an introvert and she needs people more than, more than anybody. I'm dead sure of that. I'm checking the introvert here in front laughing like her. <laughs> okay, so reason number one, we need other people. Reason number two. Okay, yeah, sorry, by the way, sorry, I forgot about this. In why we need other people. Paul touches on this, and I, and I need to say it. I cannot not say this. He talks about the word encouragement. You know, you can read books and get inspired, but it's only within a community of people that support you and that's around you that you find encouragement. That's the courage to go forward, to take the steps that you are afraid of, to go ahead. That's the place where you find it. You need to open up. Paul speaks about that truth. Number two, not only do you need others, but others need you. How do you feel about that one? Mind-blowing. Other people need you. Now, I know you're sitting here and you don't think that's true. I tell my kids this every night before they go to bed. I ask them, who made you? By now, you guys should know this. <laughs> Jesus. How did he make you? Good. To do what? Good, Dad. He made me to do good things. I want to tell you, God made you and he made you good. And he made you good for a reason. He made you good to do good to the people next to you. To love them. Spur one another on in love and in good deeds. That's why you're here. To rule in life, to break through some of our greatest fears and anxieties, to overcome our greatest challenges, yes, we're going to need other people. But for other people to break through in their challenges, they're going to need you. And you have something very unique that God has given only you that you need to bring to this space, that you need to come and serve and bless the people around you. You can have the greatest impact in a person's life. You know, when I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking, once again, Genesis chapter 2. When God looks at Adam and he says, Adam, dude, not good. <laughs> you need a helper. And this is where the wives are like, mm-hmm, you get that, mm-hmm. But we've, in our society, actually taken that little word helper and we've diluted it to something very minute, not really meaning anything. So when you think about a helper, what comes to mind? I want you to think about this for a moment. Because many times when I speak to people, the thing that comes to mind when they think about a helper is you helping your dad out to a young little boy in the garage when he's servicing the car. And what do you do? You're like the professional tool handler. <laughs> it's like, hand me, and then you, you, you get to know the names while you're helping dad now about all the tools. But it's kind of like, you're just standing in for something that he can actually do himself. Correct? And many times we think like that when we think about a helper. Ladies, this is a moment for you guys to see how big the role is God has given you, especially in a marriage. A helper is not. That's not the word the Bible speaks of. In fact, the word that's being used here is the same word that's being used when it describes God as being our helper. Think about that for a moment. Now, when you think about God helping you, what do you think about? Do you think about him doing something you can actually already do for yourself? Or do you think about someone doing something that you cannot do for yourself? Guys, and I want to tell you today, God has gifted you with specific gifts and a specific personality so that you can do something for someone 
that they cannot do for themselves. Others need you. Others need what God has placed in you to make a difference in their life. So, I want to conclude. End our time together. And I cannot think about a better way to do this than to tell you a little bit of my my own story and my own journey. So I grew up in Pretoria. Can I tell you one thing that I'll... It's like part of my life. There isn't a time in my life that I cannot... I cannot think about not being in that space. I grew up in a community group as a young little boy. My family joined, my parents joined a community group in the church. Actually, I never knew this, but later on speaking to my dad, I think it was last year actually, he revealed this to me. They were the guys that initiated it in the church. It wasn't there at all. And he said, guys, let's start this thing. So because of that initiative to engage and intentionally pursue community, needing one another and journeying together in a godly family, there has never been a time in my life that I can think back to that I was not part of a community. In fact, from grade one all the way through, even further back, every Friday, the Marekis, we will pack our little nice picnic basket and there we go, the whole family, all, all of us. We later became a little creche, like literally that's how many kids there were at the community group. We had great fun on Friday and then one of the ladies would go, moms, and they'd go and pick up all the kids from all the school activities and then they'd come back and then we'd have like big meals and amazing pudding, just by the way, I always loved the pudding. But in that community, I saw what it looked like to devote yourself to Jesus, to walk a road to praise Him every single time, to journey with other people in discovering and ruling in life together. So I decided, as Gerda and myself, we got our kids, we made the decision to the moment when John was born, instead of doing the opposite of, joining a com- of not joining a community group and pulling back, we made the decision to start a community group. So we got a baby, and yes, you heard it correctly, we started a community group. We made life a little bit more complex. Guys, it's been the biggest blessing of our lives. And not just for us, I believe also for my kids. They got the opportunity to see what it looks like when other people follow Jesus. It's like the highlight of their week now. I'm growing my kids in a space where they see the journey and the power of God's community together and see how it's changing people's lives right in front of their eyes. And I want to ask you, Are you connected? Or do you think you can do life alone? As I'm standing here and as I was preparing for this, I was actually thinking, should I, shouldn't I do this? But I know so many people sitting in front of me here. I know your stories. And I know what changed your stories. It was moments of meaningful connection. I'm thinking about people like JP and Amy. They're not here now. I mean, I remember the day JP walked in right there at Fichat Park and how radically their life has changed. I remember the day that this community reached out. I don't know if I'm going to follow this story, but I think it's so important. This community reached out and they paid money into their account as they went through a rough season in their life. Nobody asked them. They just reached out. I'll never forget that moment. That's community. Auntie Jane, everybody knows Auntie Jane. She's like a, she's like a legend here. <laughs> I remember the day Auntie Jane came to me and she told me, Lorraine, I've discovered Jesus. 
I went to an Alpha course and I'm reading my Bible. Everything is alive. A daughter, Lindo, or a king, Teddy. And I remember how those guys changed my life. For a season, Lindo Kuchli, Sibisi, Zulu boy, joined my community group. I was still there in Palisir. And every day I would drive from Palisir every week for three years, come and pick him up, drive him back, and then come back home, drop him off at UFS. That was the most fruitful time in my life in changing my worldview for South Africa. That community moment, that journey together. So I'm asking you, do you want to rule in life? Do you need today go and speak to someone? Go and open up. Go and connect. Do you need to go and open up and let someone's life speak into you and change your world so that you can find better perspective to rule in this life? And that leads me to the last little statement. Nike 1 verse 1. Just do it. <laughs> And to help you to just do it this morning, I want to make it real practical. If you are not yet connected to a community group, or if you're still maybe sitting here and you're considering, is this what I need? Do I really need to join a family? Do I need to connect intentionally? Guys, because let me tell you this. this is only, you are the only one that can change this. Intentionally to say, I want to live according to the way God has made me to live. And it's as easy as that. There's a little card on the chairs given out, it looks something like this, there at the back. And if you're not yet connected, I want you today to write up your name, take one of those boxes and drop it in one of our giving boxes. And we'd love to connect with you guys, whether it's on serving, whether it's joining a community, or maybe whether it's just taking the first step to joining this family and see how God changes your life around. Let's pray. Father, Thank you for the privilege of family. Thank you that we don't have to do life alone, but that we get to do it together. And I want to pray that as we're looking at this truth, even though it seems so simple, and so many of us miss it, I pray that we would embrace it and run after it and no longer believe the lie that nobody needs to know this, I can fix it by myself. That we would open up reach out reach out to the person next to us and start walking the journey together and be a blessing to the person that's next to me in Jesus name I pray Amen Thank you for listening to this week's message make sure that you get connected to this family on mission by joining us at one of our Sunday services